Hey everyone. Yeah, this isn't live or anything. It's just um, recording with my computer camera right now because I gotta get ready for work in just a little bit. But I want to welcome you to a little uh, thing I'm trying out right now. It's a little new little segment, if you will, small, maybe long, depending. And there might be at times to where I decide, you know, I might do it live. You know, you never know. So, but I want to welcome you guys to a segment called how it should have went. And basically what this is, is I'm here to talk about sequences or scenes um, in animate, from animated properties that I feel could have gone a different way. That if I was in the character's shoes, I would have done it a different way. And there's going to be a lot I'm going to talk about. I think the next one's going to be on Minerva. Maybe get some Sonic in there, MLP, you name it, it's probably going to happen. But the one I want to start out with right now is from the 1989, 1990, and in a sense 1988, which would make it its 30th anniversary this year. Yeah, 30 years if you count its 1980, 1988 debut on Disney Channel of Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Now, just in case you guys may not know about Rescue Rangers, it was basically a show that went through a lot of development. It was going to be called Miami Mice, have different characters, maybe with the exception of Gadget, but she was going to have a different design. Then it became Chippendale's Rescue Rangers, and we got the designs that we now know and love of the characters. Although they too went under some different designs as well. A little bit of a trivia here. When they advertised that Rescue Rangers was coming back to Disney Channel, they had this whole new, it looked like a new image. It looked like a new animated cell image of the Rescue Rangers. And you had Gadget going from the blue overalls to pink. She had earrings, she had sandals. You know, Dale's Hawaiian shirt was redesigned to where it had round flowers instead of like rectangular. Monterey Jack had a, a sack with him. Whole nine yards. But it was, but from what I understand, that was more of a promotional thing when the show was being developed. I think that might have also been tied into what possibly, possibly would have been the movie. They probably would have given them somewhat some new designs had the movie that was originally pinned to happen after DuckTales, uh, DuckTales the movie, uh, happened. That probably been, would have been the new designs just for that movie and maybe going forward. Um, with that said, though, uh, with that said, though, Chippendale Rescue Rangers debuted in 1988. And went on to be one of the biggest successes Disney's had in the late 80s, early 90s. And, and on top of that, basically was one of the biggest hits of the Disney afternoon. There wasn't a day that myself as a child at 10 years old, 10, 11 years old, did not wait to get off that bus or wait to get driven home by my mom and my dad to watch Chippendale Rescue Rangers, and I did. There was not one day I couldn't, I did not want to miss that. You know, despite the moves that we had, I didn't want to miss out watching that show. 
Now, it has 65 episodes, of course. And one of the episodes that was aired was doing what could be noted as its third season. It has 65 episodes. It felt like just one big syndicated season. But the first season debuted in late 88, early 89 on the Disney Channel. The second season was around the beginning of the fall of 89 when the show went into syndication. Third season ended up on the third and, from what I understand, fourth seasons, if you want to look at it like that, ended up on the Disney afternoon. Now, it was during, I believe, the fourth, the end of the second season into the third season that this episode, Does Pavali Ring a Bell, debuted. And we were introduced to a character that would be that would go on to basically become one of the fan favorites. Not a major fan favorite like Tammy the Squirrel or Foxglove the Bat, but a decent fan favorite in the name, and that character was named Sparky, Sparky the Lab Rat, who was introduced as sort of a foil to both Chip and Dale, and potentially as a new love interest to Gadget, because. Had all three of my alarms going off to wake me up for work. <laughs> but anyway, like I was saying, um, Sparky was brought in sort of as a foil for Chip and Dale at that time, as well as a love interest, potential new love interest for Gadget. Because you see, one of the... One of the um, subplots of the show, one of the subplots, uh, comedic moments of the show, uh, when they would focus on it, would be Chip and Dale doing classic Chip and Dale stuff, basically fighting with each other. Because if you go back and watch the classic Chip and Dale uh, shorts, uh, sometimes they would always, you know, fight each other, or Chip would either do that to Dale, or whatever, just to knock some sense into him. And you got that continued on in Rescue Rangers. However, Chip and Dale would have several different reasons as to why they would be at each other's throats. Either because Dale would be goofing off when he shouldn't, Chip would be too would be letting his obsession of trying to be like uh, a famous detective go to his head or things like that. But one of the primary but one of the driving forces when it came to that classic Chip and Dale um, scuffling, if you will, was the fact that both were attracted to Gadget. Both had become attracted to Gadget in part three of To the Rescue when we win from the origin story part and To the Rescue was basically the origin story and initially originally debuted as a two-hour pilot movie part of the Disney Afternoon Marathon when the Disney Afternoon debuted. It was part of that I should say but it was also broadcast as a two-hour pilot primetime film in syndication the year before. But anyway, getting back on subject here, Chip and, Dale rescue, Chip and Dale were both immediately attracted to Gadget. Immediately. Uh, the moment they saw her. And anytime she would hug them or whatever, it'd be like, 
you know, they just get this look of satisfaction, like, oh, yeah, I'm this close. Like, they get this dreamy satisfaction on their face, like, oh, yeah, we're this close. I'm that close to making her mine, or whatever. And if it does seem familiar when they would fight over who should gain, who should, you know, basically who should vibe for Gadget's attention, or attention and all that, if it feels familiar of them fighting over a girl, again, if you watch classic Chippendale Rescue Rangers, it's very reminiscing, and I wouldn't be surprised if the creators took this as an influence, but it's very reminiscing of when they fought over Clarice, Clarice, if you will, uh, from the classic Two Chips in a Mist. Because just like with Gadget, both were smitten with Clarice, and she was very affectionate to both of them, just like Gadget is at times. So, there's that um, familiarity if you follow classic, if you've watched and follow classic Chippendale Rescue, uh, not Rescue Rangers, but classic Chippendale uh, shorts back from the 40s, 50s, and 60s. But getting back on topic, you know, there's a scene um, at the beginning, or towards the beginning, or right at the start, that just probably ring a bell. And one of the other comedic things that was about the show when it came to the characters was the characters would have phrases. And if a certain phrase or saying was mentioned, it could mean either good things or bad things. And does probably ring a bell introduced a a phrase of a, a phrase by Gadget that would become synonymous with her character in the series and in the comics. And that is anytime Gadget would fix something or repair something or even put something together, she would say most times she would end it by saying that once she does this, once she loosens, uh, tightens this or hammers in this, it should run with no problem. And for comedic purposes, Monterey was Monterey Jack was always the one that would be the first to hear, hear, um, hear it and then hide. And the reasoning he would do this, as he explained to Gadget, is that anytime she says it, the exact opposite happens. That, yeah, there are problems. So anyway, getting back on topic here. Getting back on topic. Um, basically, after that moment happens, after the no problems thing happens for the first time, we both see. We then see Chip and Dale struggling, squeezing, trying to squeeze each other out of the way by trying to get through a door. Both have some item in their hand. Chip has a thumb. Um, what, how do you, how do you put this? Uh, it's not a thumbnail. A thimble. It's like a a thimble. A thimble, basically in the shape. Basically, be Chip has a thimble full of flowers. Using it as a as a vase to present gadget with a pot of flowers. Dale has a picnic basket on his end. Now here's the one thing about gadget: she knows. I think it's obvious to any viewer, if you watch this, if you watch the series and all that, she knows these guys like her, and they like her more than just as a friend. And she knows one; they both want to be with her. You know, they both want to be her boyfriend. They both want to be her lover, whatever. And some people say that Gadget seems oblivious 
to all this, but in my opinion, she's not. She knows it because she knows this, but she's playing along because she, even though she knows this and she does acknowledge it in several episodes, you know, there's no denying that. She acknowledges the flirtation, even sometimes precipitates it back. She'd rather focus on them being like a family, being like a team, being like brother and sisters, instead of being beyond that. And again, a lot of people feel that Gadget's oblivious to their intentions, their romantic intentions. Oh no, she's not oblivious. She knows what she's doing. But anyway, long story short, both present Gadget with their gifts. Gadget doesn't even, you know, Gadget thanks Chip when she he gives her the flowers. But instead of smelling them all that, what does she do? She takes the thimble, the thimble, if you will, takes it, dumps the flowers out, and then uses it as the final piece she needs to uh, put her new ranger skate together or something like that. Basically, to keep the propeller from flying off like it did the last time. So, next up, after Chip sees exactly what Gadget does and feels it feels a little uh, dejected, Dale steps up, suggests a picnic. But Gadget, you would think, playing the oblivious to the situation, doesn't doesn't kind of get the message. You'd think Gadget's playing is, isn't oblivious to what Dale's trying to say. Because Dale goes up to her and says, oh great, now we can go on a picnic. Gadget immediately turns it around and suggests and basically makes it sound like they're all going on a picnic, which Chip then rubs in Dale's face. Here's the problem. Dale meant for just him and her. Because that was the one thing about Chip and Dale when it came to being around Gadget. They would always try, one way or another, to gain her attention, to get her alone, to have, to try to win her affection. And Dale's method was, go on a picnic with her, talk with her, get to know her better, and maybe start something from there. That was his intention. But instead, it got turned around on him because Gadget made it sound like everybody's going to go. Now. You might say, well, what does this have to do with your your topic here, uh, how it could have gone? Well, here's how I think it could have gone if I was Dale. Now, if I was in Dale's shoes, and I knew both me and Chip wanted to win Gadget's heart, here's what I would have done. I would have got my picnic basket together, but the moment I walk out, but the moment I start to walk out the kitchen, I see Chip. This is what I would have done if I was Dale. The moment I walk out of the kitchen, kitchen, see if the coast is clear, I notice, I hear some footsteps. I see a silhouette, a shadowy silhouette, so I back up. And, I, and this is what I would do if I was Dale. I turn my head over. I kind of creak my head to the, to, the, to the side to see who it is, and I see Chip. And I see Chip holding the vase, the thumble vase of flowers. So I'm thinking, hmm, he's going to try to win Gadget's heart with flowers. So, anyway, here's what I would have done if I was Dale. I strategize. I'm thinking, okay, he's going to be in there with Gadget. He's going to probably be in there with Monterey Jack and Zipper. 
that may not be the best time to suggest a picnic. Here's what I would have done. I would have waited till everybody was cleared out of there. I would have waited until Gadget took. I would have followed. I would have quietly followed to see what was going on. On, Lean against the outside of the door or the entranceway to the workshop. Kind of peek my head in. And the moment I see Gadget dumping out the thimble of dumping out the flowers from the thimble and using it instead to keep the propeller in that's basically that's basically not when I make my move no I wait so basically after I see her do that I notice Chip walk out now I notice Chip walk out and then I wait for Monterey to leave I kind of I kind of basically, if I'm Dale, this is what I've done if I was in Dale's spot. I basically run to my room, I run to hide somewhere where they, will, where they won't see me, kind of keep myself kind of like inconspicuous, and then after they leave and I notice Gadget's still in there, that's when I make my move. And then knowing Gadget, knowing that she might, she might suggest that she, that we let everybody else know, I stop her before she says anything. You know, I go up, I do what I do. Basically, if I'm Dale, I wait till the coast is clear. I make sure nobody else is around, and if I do, I wait my, I wait to basically, I wait to take my opportunity. And by waiting, I wait till the coast is clear. So, after I see the coast is clear, I do basically what Dale initially was going to do. I go up to Gadget, say hi, compliment her on, you know, doing a job, compliment her, kind of sweet talk her a little bit, compliment her on the, um, the skate, on the Ranger skate she's made. And then this is what I would have done. I would have done, I would have gone forward with the suggestion of a picnic. But then, as Gadget's thinking, oh, good, we should go tell the others, I would politely say, uh, Gadget, with all due respect, that sounds like a good, good idea and everything, but I just meant for you and I to go on a picnic. You know, just politely, kindly, respectfully say, look, that's, you know, I, I agree, that sounds like a great idea, but, my, but originally I just wanted it to be me and you so we could just sit back, relax, talk, get to know each other better, stuff like that. And if Dale would have done that, that would have made it dawn on Gadget, like, oh, okay, I get it. And maybe she would have been more receptive of, oh, okay, that sounds all right. Like, basically, if I was Dale, and, you know, it is hard to figure out a character like Dale, how, you know, what you would have done if you were him. But basically, if I was Dale, I would have made, I would have basically waited my turn, waited till the coast was clear, did what I... You know, go you know, go ahead and suggest a picnic like he originally does. But then, as she's getting ready to go, probably tell the others, kind of you know, politely, respectfully tell her, uh, "Gadget, I just meant for you and me." You know, so you know, and 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 not make it sound like anything else, but make it sound like, "Hey, I just want to get to know you better as a friend," and and everything. And you know, we hardly spend time together as friends, so this would be the best way to do it, and go from there.
And I think if Dale would have done that in Does Probably Ring a Bell, if Dale would have went with that strategy, would have went in that direction, his chances of being alone with Gadget on this picnic would have increased tenfold. You could have still done the same story with, with Sparky and all that. You could have done that. You could have found a way to do that still. But I think it would have increased. I think Dale's chances would have increased tenfold. So that's what I would have done if I was in Dale's shoes in the episode Does Probably Ring a Bell from Chippendale Rescue Rangers. But that's about it. That's about it. That's going to do it for this initial start. Sorry, it was about 20, over 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, let me know what you guys think down below. Comment if you like. Let me know what you would have done if you were in Dale's shoes in that situation. And stay tuned. There will probably be more on the way. Hey, um, some on Minerva, MLP, Sonic, you name it. It'll be on its way. Maybe if you want to make some suggestions, go ahead. Make some in the comments section below. So until then, guys, I got to get ready for work. And I'll talk to y'all later. God bless. Take care. Peace out.